Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. Second hour of Wiggins America, as promised, what I'm going to bring you here is a portion of Trump's speech from Tuesday night. The real, the, the controversy here has been less about the speech itself and more about the way the media has handled it. Jake Tapper just came into the speech and said, enough of that. We don't want to listen to these lies or something. Uh, PBS NewsHour, state-funded media, as Elon Musk would say. Uh, and rightfully say, um, they put a disclaimer up across the whole speech saying something about uh, inciting violence and warning people not to, basically not to listen. I mean, that's where we're at. <laughs> and we wonder why we're so divided. You can't just let somebody speak. You have to put a, a disclaimer up warning people, you know, you're very susceptible to misinformation. We're smarter than you, so make sure you listen to us. Well, we, I am going to air a good portion of this uncensored, of course, uh, about four minutes of it. And the beginning, he lays down his case. Um, but the end of it, I, I tried to find a spot that cut off where he kind of switched to topics. He talks about the Clinton sock drawer classified info case. This is something that I think collectively we all remember but don't remember the details of. It has to do with audio recordings that President Clinton, not Hillary Clinton, that a lot of people are making the, the, the case about Hillary Clinton in 2016 and 2015. This isn't that. This is Bill Clinton um, taking documents and mainly audio recordings back to his house after he was president. And one of the things I love about being here at 97.1 is that we are a team and, and we have people working on things. Now, I don't have a big team here on Wiggins America because I'm not one of the main weekday shows. But uh, those week guy, weekday guys, they do have teams. 
Carl Middleman is the producer for, and Trisha Everding, uh, is our producers for Mark Cox. And they were able to, with Mark's help, I think they all tried to do this together, uh, they were able to get the lawyer who tried this case that Trump is talking about. So I'm going to play the whole thing, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what that means. American Media Export. Wiggins, America. Today we witnessed the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. Very sad thing to watch. A corrupt sitting president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty. Right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or a communist nation. This day will go down in infamy, and Joe Biden will forever be remembered as not only the most corrupt president in the history of our country, but perhaps even more importantly, the president who, together with a band of his closest thugs, misfits, and Marxists, tried to destroy American democracy. But they will fail, and we will win bigger and better than ever before. Charging a former president of the United States under the Espionage Act of 1917 wasn't meant for this. An act for a crime so heinous that only the death penalty would do, and threatening me with 400 years in prison for possessing my own presidential papers, which just about every other president has done, is one of the most outrageous and vicious legal theories ever put forward in an American court of law. The Espionage Act has been used to go after traitors and spies. It has nothing to do with a former president legally keeping his own documents. As president, the law that applies to this case is not the Espionage Act, but very simply the Presidential Records Act which is not even mentioned in this ridiculous 44-page indictment. Under the Presidential Records Act, which is civil, not criminal, I had every right to have these documents. The crucial legal precedent is laid out in the most important case ever on this subject, known as the clinton Socks case. You know what that means? After leaving the White House, Bill Clinton kept 79 audio tapes in his sock drawer. They included discussions of U.S. military involvement in Haiti, discussions of U.S. foreign policy, both defense and offense, against Cuba, recordings of President Clinton's conversations with all of the many foreign leaders at the time. Think of that. Sensitive facts about trade negotiations taken from presidential briefings, discussions with the Secretary of State about conflict in Bosnia, and much, much more. Very big stuff. Not only was Bill Clinton never even considered for criminal prosecution based on the tapes he took, but when he was sued for them, he won the case. 
Judge Amy Berman Jackson's decision states under the statutory scheme established by the Presidential Records Act, the decision to segregate personal materials from presidential records is made by the President during the President's term and in the President's sole discretion. You're surprised to hear that, aren't you? Okay, so he's talking about the sock drawer thing with Bill Clinton. And he actually gives accurate information there about that case and about presidential records and presidents taking classified information home, in this case, that didn't belong to them. That's what Chris Christie was saying, was uh, it, it doesn't really matter concerning the Presidential Records Act that he took things home that were his. That's fine, but you can't take other people's things home. And this case actually says the opposite. It says, well, Bill Clinton took things home that weren't his, and they still belong to him as president. Here's a clip of that interview that Mark Cox did with this attorney. You know, I'm not I'm not 100% sure what uh, President Trump's team is going to argue, but I think what the argument is and what I was trying to get across in the article are two things. One, Justice Department has changed their tune. Ten years ago, they said, oh, if a president takes records with him, those are his personal records. There's nothing we can do about it. And two, as president of the United States, the president has a lot of authority to dictate the terms of his records. I mean, he's commander in chief. He is the sole executive of our country based on the Constitution. And so, you know, it's not sure it's not clear. Um, And Amy Berman Jackson ruled that the court couldn't do anything about it because it was a separate branch of government. All right, there is your legal basis. I do believe that we have a case here and that we are going to see, A, we're going to see this thing drag out for a long, long time because there's going to be other indictments of President Trump too, by the way. Um, But with this case in particular, this federal case, which is a bigger one than the state ones, um, I think that what we've just seen is going to be the main defense, not just the Presidential Records Act, but how it's applied via this judge's ruling that was never challenged and never overturned. All right, more Wiggins America, more Old Roy in studio next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Roy, you like stories, don't you? Love them. I got a story for you here. And it's not a new story. This is a history story. Okay, even better. Yeah. Which you love. I love I forgot that you do. Mm -hmm. Following the Japanese bombing of Pearl Harbor, the mayor and other pinball opponents Mm. wrapped their cause in the flag. So you got the time frame. Okay. Right after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Pinball was increasingly seen as a waste of materials, not to mention time, while America was at war. However, that was not the first time that people had come after pinball. I've been reading about this. I I love pinball. Okay. I'm not, like, such an aficionado that I know a ton about it, but I I do love playing pinball for some reason. tried to go on a date with my wife uh, a couple weeks ago to a pinball place in St. Louis, and it happened to be closed that night, so we didn't get to play. But apparently they had all these pinball machines. I was really looking forward to it. There's one in Wood River, just an aside. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. So I started looking up pinball plays, and I got really wrapped up in pinball, and I started reading about the history. In the Depression, or in the 1920s and the 30s, pinball was seen as, I don't know about today, but maybe 20 years ago, the way gambling was seen. That it was kind of like a seedy thing that, Mm -hmm. yes, people did it, but... You didn't want the kids around it, you know? Right. It was like this kind of like, eh, it's 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 something for adults. Maybe you play a little bingo here and there, but you don't go to the boat if you're an upstanding citizen or so, you know, something uh-huh. like that. Pinball was seen that way in the 20s and 30s, and maybe it was just because of the establishments that had pinball machines. And they didn't look like they do now where you're playing South Park pinball mm-hmm. or whatever. <clears throat> they looked like more like uh, the pachinko machines right? that did look a little bit more like, probably like gambling machines. But there was no gambling involved. Anyway, so they were they were almost blacklisted as a place where, no, you can't go there. And if you do, you definitely don't let the kids go there. Mm-hmm. So then that cause was wrapped in the flag after World War II because they say, well, we need the materials. You can't make pinball machines. That's a worthless use of those materials that we need for copper, aluminum, and nickel. So finally, uh, LaGuardia, who is famous for being New York's mayor, believed, quote, infinitely preferable that the metal in these evil contraptions be manufactured into arms and bullets, which can be used to destroy our foreign enemies. So the City Council of New York approved LaGuardia's ban on pinball machines entirely in 1942. So it just been kind of like kicked around, but they, they literally banned them in 1942. They had police squads raiding candy stores and bowling alleys and bars. I just really, I didn't know any of this. Uh, they confiscated 2,000 machines, which was believed to be a fifth of all the machines in New England. Wow. So 
All that to say that this was basically a big, long uh, pinball prohibition that didn't start to, and, and Milwaukee and Chicago and New Orleans and all these cities followed suit. It didn't really start to turn around until the 1970s uh, when the California Supreme Court ruled in 1974 that pinball was more of a game of skill and than chance. <laughs> like, apparently you needed to delineate. Right. And overturned its prohibition in Los Angeles. Then two years later, New York City, in the midst of bankruptcy stuff, they considered that they were going to bring it back and all this stuff. So my my point being that it, it's not as if these bans worked. Just like alcohol prohibition, they still these things still existed for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the court, that, that phrase, I got to just read that again, that... Uh, the court game of chance versus it was the, yeah what was it? it was the game of chance thing that they they said well this is more of a game of skill than that's what it is game of skill than game of chance that that's that was a real usage of american constitutional law at the time mm-hmm. i mean it's amazing how how these things are they fluid and they move around but my big question after that story for you is in this moment that we're in right now there are things that the right bans, there are things that the left bans or puts restrictions on. Is it counterproductive ever to restrict or ban things because people just seek them out anyway, maybe even more once they're banned? <clears throat> Is it counterproductive to, to ban things? I think it, it typically tends to be. Okay. I mean, the... It goes back way before pinball. I mean, there's in the early 20th century, pool halls was, you know, billiards was there. Sure. CD organization, yeah. places to go. <clears throat> yeah. So um, it's always been there, that that instinct to, oh, this is the cause of the evil. So yeah. let's ban that. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I just had this conversation with my adult son yesterday okay. about, because Apple came out with their new their annual thing where they here's our new stuff that's going to change the world and there's this big vr thing now okay glasses or something that they introduced and and i found myself talking to him like a grumpy old man that that's going to be the downfall of society but that's the conversation came around to what you just said was that well what's you, you can't stop technology and just banning it is going to make the younger people want it even more. And so there's got to be a more constructive way to what what is the root issue? It's not that product that that's causing the problem. What what is it that we're really concerned about and and look at addressing that in the the same way that you know you blame it on the billiards or you blame yeah. it on the pool halls or you blame it on the the pinball or the video games or the, you know, it, it's, I think your, your question, the answer to your question is yes, it's counterproductive to just instinctively ban something because that's what you want to blame for whatever it is socially that you see is going wrong. Okay. That's, that's kind of what I thought you might say, but I didn't know <clears throat> because I wanted to apply that now to some of the culture war stuff that we're engaged in. And just see whether you would still agree, because <clears throat> what we're talking about right now is 
I mean, specific to Missouri. Let's just talk about Missouri. They have banned minors' access to drag shows. They have banned, I think is maybe not the right word, but removed um, sexualized books from schools and said you're not allowed to do that. I think mm-hmm. they've done I know they've done it in Florida. I can't I, I think it's working its way through here. <clears throat> I don't know whether it's actually passed. But um, these things are national conversations we're having right now. And there are other things that the left is trying to ban. Um, <clears throat> but let, but let's just talk about those because those are the things that we talk about regularly as being good. Is there a case to be made that really you shouldn't do that at all because then people just they want to access it more? <clears throat> I don't think that's the case. I, I, I hear that argument a lot, and it's it's I don't think it's a very good argument because you're dealing with with two different things. Like it might be a libertarian view to say don't make any rules, but there's a difference between saying we as a society are going to agree that freedom, total freedom and liberty is is not really the way we want to go when you're talking about children and and minors. We we accept as a community, hopefully this is the ideal that we can come to some agreement on. You know, there's a line that there's a difference between saying nobody can play pinball and saying let's keep the little kids out of the the bars. You know, it's or essentially giving them the, cigarettes. Or, the, I was going to say it's the cigarette or tattoo argument. Yeah, and, and I heard somebody say this earlier, and I, 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 you know, I, I agree. I was just sort of passing that by you because I think those are arguments that can be and will be made. Yeah, as these things progress, especially politically. Yeah, because then you put force behind them and saying no, you actually legally can't do this now. It's not just moral; it's legal. Right. Um. That I heard somebody, uh, I think it was on the Andy Fry show, of course, because that's the show that I'm on. I don't know that I was in there for this interview, but it was somebody um, talking about how this, this actually isn't book bans, because book bans is like Fahrenheit 451, where you round up every copy of a book and you eliminate it, yeah. and then you punish the person who either has it or wrote it. This isn't that at all. They're saying these books can't exist. Right. What we want to put on them is age restrictions, mm-hmm. and you have age restrictions on lots of things. Um, and that's another Missouri thing is they're putting age restrictions on gender transition, sexual transition surgery mm-hmm. and saying you got to be 18 to do this. So that's really where the battle lies right now is mostly it's not entirely, but it's mostly about kids. And I've said this on this show before. I don't know that you were in the room when I said it. So I'll say it again. The whole point of getting kids to the point where they can decide for themselves what their gender is at any age. So not just like 17, you're almost 18, but 15 or 12 or even below that, Mm -hmm. nine years old or whatever. The whole point of that is much more nefarious than it seems. It's to give children the legal ability to consent sexually. Mm -hmm. And people are starting to realize that, but that this isn't some sort of righteous crusade for uh, you feel a certain way. We want to affirm you. Right. In fact, the term gender affirmation 
is literally the opposite of what they're doing. <laughs> if yes. you were affirming someone's given gender, you would be saying, you're going to stay that gender until you're old enough to decide for yourself. They're saying, we want to change your gender. That's the opposite of gender affirmation, yeah. which is funny. <clears throat> and I'm getting kind of off on a rabbit trail here. But I, I think it's important to point that fact out that the minute mm-hmm. you start giving children those rights, especially over sexual issues, then you're giving them the right to consent sexually which is a very dark path to go down yes. because then any pervert can convince a kid, well, as long as you're consenting, then right. I'm fine legally, and you're actually legally laying that <clears throat> groundwork. That's a little terrifying. I'm glad you're terrified by it. Yeah. Um, not much more to say about the topic. I just wanted to bring that the pinball thing up because it's such a weird thing to think because I didn't know that pinball had ever been banned in the United States. Yeah, I didn't either. But that, that that could have been an issue at some point that people were like, well, that is a dark and dirty game, that pinball. Well, that might explain. Are you familiar with the, the, the musical movie Tommy? Yeah. Where that might explain that kind of countercultural reaction. Oh, I bet it was because that was in the late 60s yeah. that that was happening. Mm-hmm. That it was this, oh, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Cool. Uh, Well, let's take a break. Uh, Old Roy is here, and thank you for being here. More Wiggins America around the corner. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. No, Roy, get out. Get out. I'm pretending like Roy is saying nobody's above the law. He's not. I'm just casting that upon him. the, The whole phrase, nobody is above the law, I don't get that because the people that you're trying to defend are then the FBI. And the FBI is literally acting like they're above the law. I'll get to it at the end of the segment. You know what's also driving me crazy? Completely different uh, end of the spectrum here. I've got diabetes now. <laughs> it is it is really hard to manage because I'm addicted to sugar. And I guess you could say I probably developed diabetes because I'm addicted to sugar. But no, 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 it's not true. I, I think I've developed type 1. I think it's a mixture of type 1 and 2. I don't know. I really don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know what I'm talking about. And I think that's what drives me the craziest is I don't know how to manage it. They've had me start taking my blood sugar and I have no rhyme or reason as to when I do it. I just kind of randomly pick when to do it. And I hate taking my own blood. I hate shots in general. And now i got to prick my finger and get blood to come out on my own. I'm doing it to myself. This is self-mutilation. And then i got to put blood on a strip of little whatever it's called, copper <clears throat> thing. And I do. And then half the time it says, 
error, there's not enough blood on it. And then the other half, it says error, there's too much blood on it. And this is after I don't even want to be taking my own blood anyway, and I just throw the thing because I don't want to be doing it. And then I finally got up the courage to do it, and now you're not even doing your part, you stupid machine. That's personal to me, and I'm sorry that I had to go there. It's just that I, I had this chocolate. If you listen to the Annie Fry show, she bought some she, she, her, and he, him chocolate from the Daily Wire after the Hershey's did their whole thing. Yeah, it took like four months to arrive, and we finally ate it, and some of it had nuts and some of it didn't. Guess which one had nuts? The he, him one. And the one that she, her had no nuts, and it was average chocolate, and it cost $10 a bar. And I ate it out of obligation. I mean, I just had to do it. But now I got to deal with blood sugar. Oh, gosh, I hate that. So anyway, back to the FBI. <laughs> back to things that drive not only me crazy, but also you crazy, I assume. I've been talking about this Chris Christie clip, and I think he actually does a better job than anybody. I hear lots of people, obviously, if I'm out here making a case on behalf of Donald Trump, or whatever, whatever it is in any given week that we're talking about causes and we're saying, here's the right way, here's the wrong way. Obviously, people push back on you, and some people agree with you. Well, with this Chris Christie thing, I actually think that he makes the best case for the government as far as prosecuting Donald Trump. Here's the clip. If you're talking about documents that he's created, that Donald Trump has created, notes of his, or that non-national security staff has created, then that's covered by the Presidential Records Act. But the presidential daily brief, the, the highest intelligence briefing that a president gets every day, that is not the president's work product. That's not his document. Not covered by the Presidential Records Act. And by the way, that's why the Presidential Records Act is not mentioned in the indictment. Because they're not charging him under that. They're charging him because he kept intelligence documents that he is not legally allowed to keep. So in that 35 seconds, I think he presents the strongest case that Trump has done something illegal of course, that's with no context. That's not talking about anybody else who's ever had these things and gotten away with it, let alone a president. I mean, the fact that he's the president really does change this. If you're Secretary of State, <clears throat> Hillary Clinton, or if you're Vice President, <clears throat> Mike Pence, and Joe Biden, actually, um, or if you're a Senator, Joe Biden. There's lots of people who have kept classified documents and also obstructed justice in the way <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Gosh, I just keep coughing and I say Hillary Clinton when I cough for some reason. Uh, that is all part of this. He's not taking that into consideration. In fact, one of the things that he says there that I think I do disagree with is the reason the Presidential Records Act is not mentioned in the indictment is because that actually is a strong defense for Donald Trump under the Presidential Records Act, and they didn't mention it on purpose. If you want to get the best defense for Donald Trump, though, go back to the beginning of this hour and listen to not only Judicial Watch's attorney talk about the case he lost against Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton's sock drawer documents and tapes, but also Trump himself talking about that case. Uh, they're both in the first segment you can rewind on the Odyssey app. Now, again, context. I want to play for you a clip from Josh Hawley talking about why I think all of this, why I think, as if he was like, well, what does Wiggins think? Let me go present that at the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee or whatever this was. Uh, Senator Hawley talking to the FBI, grilling the FBI this week, because this is longstanding stuff. They didn't just happen to call him in this week. They had this stuff scheduled. He's grilling the FBI on 
their even idea of what is classified. Why do they protect things? And we'll talk about that in a second. Now you're going back and forth with members of this committee, what's in it. Why do you just release it? Is it classified? The document is not classified. Okay. Will you commit to releasing it? Senator, we'll take that back, and we will work with you in this committee. Uh, How about just a yes or no? Will you commit to releasing this unclassified document that alleges that the President of the United States, the President of the United States, has taken $5 million or more in bribes from a foreign nation? The document has already been released pursuant to a subpoena to the House Oversight Committee. Has it been released to this committee? We will work with this committee within the parameters that are established to meet Will you release the document to the public? It's unclassified. Don't you think the American people have a right to see it? Uh, Senator, the document, as you know, contains sensitive information that has bearing on the life of the source of the information, potentially. You can redact the source's name. We do this all the time. Yeah, they do this all the time. The FBI does this all the time. Let me just say before we close out this segment here, and we get to the last one of the show, in which I'm going to talk about the Beatles a little bit, um, that beyond the subject of this particular clip, the FBI does this all the time. They have for a long time. They will redact things and classify things that have no national security, but they're in their own best interest to keep private. Now they've gone beyond that, and they will now classify things on behalf of politicians they like or don't like. In this case, they have had this document for a long time, and it is really bad for Joe Biden, and it's not classified, and they still won't release it. That's a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, in this segment, I'm going to share with you some things about the Beatles that you did not know. I'm going to share with you at the end of this segment a tease regarding the Beatles. Before we get there, though, J.D. Vance. I'm sure that J.D. Vance and the Beatles don't often come up in the same segment as far as content goes. But today they are, and I'm happy to be able to bring that to you. J.D. Vance is, of course, the senator from Ohio. He ran as a Trump candidate, and so it's no surprise that he is now very much in support of Trump. In fact, he had some things to say this week that... um, I don't know, I guess ruffled some feathers, although they won't really do anything until he actually gets to use this power. And I don't know if maybe they can work around it. But instead of me talking about it, here's what he had to say. So I've announced today that I will be holding all Department of Justice nominees that Merrick Garland will use if confirmed not to enforce the law impartially, which is his duty, but clearly to harass his political opponents. I think that we have to grind this department to a halt until Merrick Garland promises to do his job and stop going after his political opponents. Now, I don't know if that's just political posturing or whether he actually has the power to do that. Sometimes with these Senate rules, one senator can make a huge difference, but a lot of times it's just slowing it down. That's kind of what he implied, but he went on. Donald Trump is just one and in the, in the most recent example of the fact that Merrick Garland uses his department for political purposes. We have Catholic fathers harassed for their pro-life activism. We, of course, have violent criminals walking the streets after the 2020 uh, summer of riots. And if you're letting the violent criminals go free and you're harassing Christian parents for their political activism, you're not engaged in justice, you're engaged in politics. Let's be honest about that fact and let's make this department work a little bit more slowly until Merrick Garland changes course and actually does his job the right way. 
Thanks, guys. I like J.D. Vance. I wanted to play that full clip because I liked what he had to say. If you'd missed the beginning of this show, you can get the podcast and hear what I had to say at the beginning. Um, I'm only teasing that uh, because I'm about to do another tease here for next week and the Beatles. But what I said at the beginning of the show was a scenario in which you had two candidates that you didn't know anything about from a different country, and I just chose Kazakhstan just because. Probably of Borat. And I presented, here are the facts about these two foreign leaders that you don't know anything about. Obviously, they were the facts about these two leaders that we have right now, Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden. And said, if, if this was presented to you without having any context or background for who you like and who you don't, what would you think about it? I encourage you to listen to that again at the beginning of the show. You can rewind in the Odyssey app or you can get the podcast encourage you to do that okay so now this american media export wiggins america i'm sure if you've paid attention to the news at all this week you've seen it about the beatles and paul mccartney i'm reading this from abc news says artificial intelligence has been used to extract john lennon's voice from an old demo to create quote the last beatles record decades after the band broke up paul mccartney said on tuesday I don't know why this AI angle has been the point of the article because that's not that important. They've been doing this kind of stuff for years where you isolate a track. Let's say somebody sends you a demo, which is exactly what's happened here. Apparently, John Lennon uh, sent a song called Now and Then to Paul McCartney. Actually, he didn't send it. He had it marked for Paul. And then when he died, was murdered. Yoko found that tape and it said for Paul and so she sent it to Paul so there's been this long rumored song that's I guess they call it a Beatles song even though it's really just a John Lennon song that he sent to Paul that nobody's ever heard as far as I know called now and then so people are speculating that that's what's going to be on this new record but I think what the the news is there could be a new Beatles album that's a huge deal as a Beatles lover, I am very, very excited about that. And I was checking the comments on some of these posts about it from official Beatles uh, sources. And they were all saying, oh, how could you do this to the legacy of George Harrison and John Lennon? This isn't a real Beatles record. I'm like, you people are freaking stupid. This is a new Beatles record. Even if it stinks, it's new material. Take it for what it is. Everybody knows they're not alive and they're not doing input into the record. So you got Paul, you got Ringo. Ringo has not really been mentioned in this at all, although I'm sure he'll be a part of it because he, I think, legally has to be a part of it if it's going to be a Beatles project. And then the estate of John Lennon and the estate of George Harrison, which is their widows, would have to also sign off on it. But if Paul's already saying this is going to happen, he's probably had the conversations and it's happening. So anyway, this AI thing They've, they've for a long time been able to, and it just gets better and better with technology, of course, but for years, decades, they've been able to isolate vocal tracks or just guitar or just drums from a recording that they don't have the isolated tracks from and pull things. That's how you do sampling a lot of times is they'll pull a beat. And this has been going on for, for, like I said, decades, at least since the 90s, maybe even before that, when the technology was good enough. Well, now it's just so good that... Paul is saying, we think the AI is good enough now that it can pull John's vocals from this demo and we can use them in a way that we've never been able to use before. Okay, so that's all of the background. And again, the big headline to me is there might be a new Beatles record 
although they're only talking about this one song. So I'm not sure what that means. My hope is that you're going to get some demos from John. You're going to get some demos from George. And then Paul and Ringo would do the surrounding material and maybe some new material and call it a Beatles record. I think that would be awesome. But here's my big tease that I'm ending this show on. If you're listening right now, come back next week at this exact time because I didn't get to properly promote this this week. I just it was been such a full show with the Trump indictment. I thought I don't want to take I don't want to promote something that's not that. Like well, let's talk about the news this week cuz this is a big deal. And with the Biden bribery stuff, I wanted to focus on that. But I've been sitting on this song for years. And when I look up online what's the last Beatles song, you can do this right now. Look up the last Beatles song known to exist. Usually what comes up is one of the ones from the anthology that they did real love or free as a bird, that that would be the last Beatles tracks, but it's not true. And I, I only know about this because one of my other favorite bands got a bunch of old Beatles demos from Paul McCartney. And this is in the year 2000, I think. And they were told, here, if you want to make a new track, a new Beatles track out of this, uh, go ahead. And so uh, they and a few other artists got to put together this big collage called, I won't even say what it is because I don't want you to look it up. Because if I say it, then you'll look it up and you won't come back. But they put together this collage that has some Beatles tracks in it. Well, Paul then pulled out one of those tracks that's roughly the the same length because it's it's like a... 20-minute just collage of sound from different Beatles stuff and a lot of just new stuff. He pulled out a th- two- to three-minute portion of it and actually released it on one of his own records, and it is attributed to the Beatles because it is all the Beatles on the track. So that is technically the last Beatles track in existence, and literally nobody knows that it exists, and I only do because one of my favorite bands was the ones that was on the collage, aside from the Beatles being also one of my favorite bands. So I am going to play the last Beatles song known to exist at this time next week, and I'm going to promote it all week because I'm waiting to do it. I actually wanted to get the guy from Breakfast with the Beatles or one of the Beatles channels on Sirius to be a part of this whenever I did it because I, I just think it's so crazy that nobody knows about it. I mean, literally, if you look up the song on YouTube... It's got like a thousand views. Nobody even knows it's there. And it's and it's the last Beatles track. All right. Enough hype. Now you know it. Come back next week at this time, and I'll be talking about it all this coming week on 97.1. And I'll see you then. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.